0: uh, back in Hebrews, we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 11, going from verse 1 down to verse 6. But first off, again, I wanted to say, I want to say, Happy New Year to everyone. Um, and uh, for the last few days, I've had to be in Florida for a funeral uh, due to the uh, to the passing of the father of one of my good friends. And um, so... I am combining the last two podcasts because McGee went from chapter 11, uh, verse 1 to 3, and then he went from like 4 to 6. So I'm just combining those last two uh, sessions into this podcast today. And then previously, I did a podcast on the way to the airport, uh, which would have been Wednesday. So um, coming back from that Trip. I've been uh, physically a little tired, and so I've given myself a few days of rest. Uh, so I'm going to do the podcast now. So I know I'm a couple of days late, but I, but we um, we're going to do the podcast a, a few days late, and then tomorrow Monday we'll jump right in on the regular schedule. So thank you for your patience on this, and um, I'm really excited that we're going to be talking about um, something that I think every Christian, every person has a special spot in their heart for. We're going to be talking about faith today. And so this is really um, exciting for me because faith is something that I think everybody can, can relate to. And even people who don't believe in God, you know, they have faith. They have faith in what they're doing. They have faith in um, themselves. They may have faith in the economy. They may have faith in science, or they may have faith in what they learn in college, or they may have faith in their spouse, or their boyfriend, or girlfriend, or faith in their children, or, you know, or some people. Even if they don't believe in God, they don't they as time goes on, and things here in the world one by one let you down like your job lets you down or uh, your health starts letting you down, or relationships let you down or even even somebody that you think is a good, good friend, they let you down or you know, then you begin to realize that there's nothing in this world that can meet your expectations on faith, and so a lot of times people say well i don't i don't believe in anything you know or I can only believe what i see you know i'll i'll believe it, but show me show me the money or show me what you're talking about, and then we'll talk about whether or not i'm gonna believe in it and so we have a you know uh, a lot of times you you know you 'll have people or generation of people who will not really commit to anything, but again that 's their faith pattern there too. Their faith is real shallow, and they will believe in something if you show them something. People want to believe in something that they can understand, and so then you get this uh concept about what 's faith look like in Christian faith well some Parts of Christian faith. People claim to have faith, but then when times get tough, their faith really doesn't um, doesn't hold up. Or a lot of times, you'll see people praying for things. They'll be praying for a new car, a new job, a new relationship. All those things are self-centered things that people are praying for. You know, so if if they If they get it, their faith is probably, you know, going to be stronger. If they don't get it, then their faith, they'll feel like they're going through something they're enduring. But the whole time, their faith is not centered on God at all. So they're really, they're centered on themselves. So from God's perspective, it's really not a faith pretty much in God's will. Because God wants you to have your faith centered on Him. Have your hope Centered on Jesus Christ. That's what God's talking about. You know, so there's a lot of things that you want to think about with your faith. And when when you're listening to this podcast and you're going through it, um, it's a good time uh, to think about where your faith is. And as we start a new year, it's a good time. People tend to reflect, you know, when, when there's a new year. I think it's a good time for all of us to sort of just do a gut check and say, you know what, where is my faith? What is my faith really being placed in? Is my faith placed uh, on world events or politics or money or things like that? Or is it in God, but only if God does what I want Him to do for me? Or is it on God, but... Do I question God or do I get mad with God if things don't go the right way or if somebody I love gets hurt or things in my life that happen that make me want to question God? You know, Is that the kind of faith that we have, which is really a faith, uh, maybe some faith is based on yourself and then some faith is based on things that you can see or the tangible way that the world events go or your own personal events go. So is that the kind of faith that you have right now? Or I have to think, is that the kind of faith I have right now? Or is it the kind of faith that's based on God's will and the allowance of yourself to diminish and His presence in your life to increase above your own? That's what the Christian faith, that's what God is calling you. To do that's what Jesus Christ is asking you to do, and that's what we studied in chapter 10. All those things, you know, as at chapter 10 32, he's talking about all these things that you know, after you're enlightened, you started enduring a struggle with sufferings, you know, or being made fun of, or affliction, or you know, like some type of health affliction okay or people stealing from you you know back in back when he was saying in those days all those things were going on after you were heard the gospel after you were enlightened what happened you had joy because you know what no one could steal your joy away no affliction could rob you of your joy no amount of sarcasm or um Um, cynicism towards you could rob you of your own joy. People could say whatever they want about you, but it wouldn't take away your joy. Why? Because you have a better possession. They can steal what they think they can steal from you, or they could maybe um, stop you from getting a promotion or overlooking you as what you contribute. But You have a better possession. You have a better good name that they can't take away. It's an abiding possession. In other words, that possession lives in you. No one can get their hands on it. So don't throw your confidence away because you have something you can be confident of. The Spirit of Jesus Christ is living in you. That great Abiding possession is Christ. No one can take that away. So you do have need to have endurance. Okay? You need to live by faith. Verse 38 of chapter 10, But the righteous one shall live by faith. So endurance amongst life's hardships is so important. You need to endure. Paul, uh, well, possibly Paul or the writer here, um, is encouraging these younger Christians or these Hebrew Christians to endure whatever comes your way, and you can endure it with pure joy in your hearts because you've got confidence that you've got something even better than what you have to go through. You've got a better possession, and that's Christ, and that is... Confidence can give you endurance because when you endure in a dependency on Christ, you're honoring Christ, you're honoring God, you're honoring God's will because it is God's will for you to depend on Christ. That's His plan to save you. That's His plan to give you the righteousness of Christ. You don't have righteousness that comes from yourself, But if you have Christ, this better possession living inside you, you have the righteousness of Christ. So you have every reason to be uh, confident and have your faith in something other than yourself or something other than this world. That's where your faith comes from. It comes from hearing the Word of God when you are enlightened. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is, and as we take up chapter 11, verse 1, Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith is assurance. It's not a leap in the dark. It's not a blind trust. Faith is being assured of something. And God has written his word, and you're, if you're looking at your Bible, that's his word to assure you that your faith is in something. You want to put your faith in your job or your money or your health? Have you ever seen a book documenting all of those things for you like the Bible documents the God's will for you? God's will has been thoroughly documented and the bible is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword that's what it says here that this word of god is living and active that was we saw that back in ver- in chapter 4 verse 12 for the word of god is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul spirit joints marrow and discerning the thoughts and intention of the heart, and no creatures hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is the Word of God. The Word of God is living and active, it's God's Word for you. That's what your faith is in the Word of God, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's your testimony right here. That's this, God's Word is present in this world. God's Word is not stagnant. God's Word is present in this world and can help you. It's supposed to change you. It's supposed to enlighten you. And it's also supposed to give you assurance in your faith. It's the assurance of things. It is not intangible. It is a quantity. It is something That you're putting your faith in. Faith is not a feeling. And I think sometimes people equate their faith with their feeling. And therefore, spiritually, they don't have to do anything. If you're putting your faith in God, that means you got to change. Because God's Spirit, Jesus Christ, is in you. And that Spirit is not there just to hang out. That Spirit is there to give you His righteousness. That Spirit is there to give you Confidence that you have a better possession. That spirit is given to you as a blessing from God. Remember the word blessing comes from the word beatus, which means joy. Jesus Christ was given for you in great joy. Jesus Christ was was sacrificed for you with joy. That is a joyful gift to give to you. You should, the proper response to Jesus in your your humble heart is joy and gratitude and praise for His name, for what He has done. Not to promote Him like like He's proud, but no, to promote Him because He saved you and given you His righteousness. So faith is assurance of things. What things? Jesus Christ things. You're, you have a confidence in things hoped for. Your hope is in Christ. And we've said over and over in Hebrews that Christ is hope. And when he's calling the uh, Hebrews to have a more mature, um, to be more mature, and start leaving the, um, start leaving the the elementary teachings of the gospel, and go into the more mature teachings of the gospel. He's talking to them about where your hope is. So that starts with your heart, and it says in chapter uh, four verse um verse 7 today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts you got to pay close attention where your heart is that's where your hope is so he's calling people and back in verse 5 you need milk Not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child, but solid foods for the mature, for those who have powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying on a foundation of repentance from dead works. Okay. Okay. So we need to leave these elemental teachings of grace, mercy, but now to more mature things. What is your hope placed in? What is your faith really being placed in? What is your assurance in? Because this elem, this more mature part of the gospel message is how you live your life. How you endure things. Don't let your faith be shaken. So he's really coming for a little circle on all this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. You haven't seen God, but you see his representative. You see the life of Jesus Christ. You see the word of God here right before you. And you see the craftsmanship of God in the whole universe. Verse 2, for it, this is for faith, people of old received their uh, commendation, okay? So in other words, in Old Testament times, they didn't have Jesus Christ, but they had their faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So in other words, you've got the whole wide world around you to look at, because God made it. That's another thing that you can be assured of and be convinced of. God's telling you he made everything. And he made everything out of things that you can't see. In other words, he he created everything out of nothing. He didn't make the universe out of raw materials that were there before the universe. No, he made the universe. He made everything in it. Every single thing was made new by God. You too. Me too. Verse 4. Now, he kind of goes through, we're going to be looking at some examples of people, so we'll touch on them real quick right now. Verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Cain and Abel, earliest murder recorded in history, where Cain kills Abel. Cause Cain was jealous of Abel because God accepted Abel's gift but didn't accept Cain's gift. What was that all about? Well, God had asked for gifts to be given and Abel gave out of his abundance. Abel gave out of what he had, Abel gave the best that he had. He offered the best that he had to God. What did Cain do? Gain, Cain gave, gave out a reluctance in his heart. Cain gave not the best that he had, but he gave what he could spare. He gave sort of the leftovers. He gave the things that, he figured he could do without more, so he gives that to God. Did God count? That is good. No, he commended Abel for his gift, and then look what pride does. Pride builds up in your heart. Hey, I should get a. Uh, I should get God's. Uh, Commendation as well. I got I, I didn't please God. Why is God like you know my brother more than me? I deserve it too. It's me, 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 me. And then jealousy causes anger and anger causes malice and, and then you get people murdering other people or hurting other people. And even though Abel died, Abel still speaks. His faith mattered. And we still talk about Abel's faith today. So what Abel had to go through and endure still honors God, but he lived by his faith. He didn't have Jesus Christ. He didn't have a Bible in front of him. He didn't go to Sunday school, you know, and having somebody feed him. You know, spiritual milk. He had his faith. He had his faith because God told him to give the gifts. He did it. He was obedient. And his faith caused him to be obedient. And Cain's lack of faith, his lack of assurance, his lack of conviction meant he didn't really have any hope. And that caused his actions to be different too. Verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Are you seeking God right now? I hope so. And I hope that this little Bible study can help you seek God. And I hope that sharing the Word of God with one another can help you, can help somebody please God. Because you're drawing near to God. Without your faith, it's impossible for you to please God because you got to believe in God. You got to believe that he exists. You got to believe he's real. God doesn't get pleased when you wake up and say, "Oh, that's a beautiful sunrise. I feel so spiritual this morning. I'm so happy." God's not pleased with that because you're not you're not believing in him. You're not assured in him. You don't have confidence in him. You don't have hope in him. All you have hope in and confidence in and joy in is that beautiful sunrise or the stars that you look at. You can't have faith in the stars and the sky without having faith in the one who made the stars and who made the sky. That's what God wants you to have your faith in, Him. And with Enoch, Enoch walked with God. He was so pleasing to God. He had such faith in God. He might not have had other things. He might not have had a lot of possessions. He might not have been a real important person or somebody that other people looked at as a high position person. But he pleased God so much, God walked with him. He wanted to draw near to God. He might not have had a lot of Bible education, but he wanted to draw near to God. You can't please God unless you want to draw near to God. Drawing near to God is drawing to the Word of God. That's what we've got right here, the Word of God. When you're enlightened, in the Word of God. When you hear the gospel message, that gives you joy and endurance and confidence. Confidence in a better possession, an abiding possession, a possession that abides in you. And that faith, that should give you assurance of things hoped for. I wanted to flip over to Romans 15, 13. It's my all-time favorite verse of the Bible. And it reads... Um, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And as we start a new year, think about your hope. What's your hope in? Keep your hope in Christ. And let that hope in Christ fill you with joy. The joy that you get from this better possession, this abiding possession, the righteousness of Christ, and give you peace as you believe in Him. Peace in your heart because you have peace with God. You've been reconciled to God so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ's Holy Spirit, you may abound in this hope. You have a better possession, a confidence, a promise, an abiding Possession. You have an abiding hope. So the God of hope wants to fill you with joy and peace. But it's in believing. It's in faith. That joy and that peace and that hope is believing in Him. It's having a conviction of what you don't see. It's the assurance of hope. Faith is the assurance of hope. Your hope is Christ. Faith is the assurance of hope and the conviction of what you haven't seen. And I hope for you that we can let hope fill us with joy and peace as we believe this year and that the power of the Holy Spirit will be dwelling in you as a better possession and that your hope may overflow. You may abound in hope through your faith. So I hope this is, I hope this is um, helpful to you and encouraging to you. God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to Matali. And again, sorry, we're, we were a little off schedule for the last couple of days. But we'll be right back here tomorrow as we continue our study through Hebrews. God bless you all. We'll see you next time.
1: Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 3. This chapter, we're in a new chapter, is known as the faith chapter by different scholars. And we have a definition of the word faith, which is a scriptural definition. So here we have it at verse 1 of chapter 11, and it reads, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So this is a scriptural definition. And God today has two ways we can actually go to Him. That is one, the first thing, and that's by works. Here, The way of going to God by works, if we can present perfection to God, God will accept us, but nobody so far has been able to actually make it by being perfect. And this is not a very satisfactory way. And yet, we have a lot of people today, a lot of folk coming along this particular route. You know, if we read the saints in the Old Testament... You know, they tried, but no one ever succeeded. You had David, you had Abraham, you had Moses. They could not achieve that level of perfection. So that is going to God by, that is one route of going to God. And, you know, the only route that's open to us is faith. So we come to God by faith. If we believe in God and faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen so faith is not a gamble or a leap in the dark or it's not uncertainty as you know um certain definitions have been given like you know faith is leap in the dark it's not a leap in the dark faith is a substance an evidence of things not seen it rests on a foundation faith is not a fetish or a good luck charm to carry along you have people who carry along you know, certain good luck charms or carry along even a friend and they say oh this is my good luck charm i always succeed in doing a b c d um this is why i carry this along and you know they make it like um a fetish like they just believe in that that's what makes them like um um win at particular points or that's what makes them successful at particular tasks faith is 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 not that it's not a fetish so faith is not something that's you know mysterious looks to the lord jesus christ faith is not something that's added to good works you know like the example that what J.B. McGee gave you know the way we add to like a salad you know you add blue cheese you add dressing you add olives you add quinoa you add um chia seeds you know you add all those things no faith is not that so there are two things that are said here so faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the substance. So it rests upon facts. It's the reality, the word of God, and it should rest upon the word of God. So what keeps men from the word of God is sin today. A lot of people stay away from the word of God because they want to continue living in sin. So the heart needs to believe and you have to be ready to actually believe, and you know, it's it will make God's word real to us if we have that conviction, that belief, that faith. So anything that is alive today can't stand still. It can't. It's either you go one way or you go the other, like we saw in the last chapter of, uh, in the last verse of. The last chapter we studied, that was uh, chapter 10, verse 39, it reads, But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe in the saving of the soul. So, you know, if we believe, the Holy Spirit will help us to actually understand and get to that knowledge, the meat, the knowledge of God, if we actually believe. And... um you know, anything that's alive can stand still. So it's either you go backwards or you go forward, you know, like verse 39 of chapter 10 reads. So, you know, in the forest there is um, deterioration as well as growth taking place at the same time. So faith is a substance of things hoped for. And this is, you know, the scientific application to it. You know, that substance, the evidence, the substance that we get to see. Right, So, you know, with faith, you have to choose either or. You can't just say, oh, hey, no, I'm I'm just in the middle. No. If you're not for God, you're obviously against him. You obviously don't believe in him. So faith, the other part of the um, description of faith is faith is the evidence of things not seen. So faith is substance and evidence and not a leap in the dark. Verse two goes on to read By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Okay. No, sorry, I read the wrong verse. Let me read the verse the correct verse. That's verse two. I was reading verse um three. Verse two reads for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. So here it's talking about the elders. Who are the elders? So we have like a category of elders, like three categories of elders. So, you know, the first category is a group that could consist of old people, senior citizens, or an office that was, you know, in the New Testament that Paul in the book of Titus had actually advised Titus to um, to appoint. You know the elders were to be appointed to um, the work of God, to the office, um, and it could also refer to the Old Testament saints. That's um, was talked about in Hebrews one, verse one. Let me just turn there, which reads, "God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets." to the fathers so it's going to refer to these elders as well the old testament saints as well so when we have a crisis in our lives instead of resting in god and um you know we lay hold of him we don't do that like i'm guilty of that as well we don't do that when we trust god in good times it's actually easier to actually also trust god in you know harder darker days so the elders obtain good testimony because they actually trusted god look at noah he trusted god moses abraham they trusted god so this is why they obtained that good testimony so god wants us today to walk by faith and look up to him so we walk by faith and not by sight that's what scripture says so verse 3 goes on to read by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god so that the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible so here there's two explanations for the origins of this universe so the first explanation is speculation and then um the second explanation is revelation so by faith we accept both revelation and speculation so it's up to how intellectual or how foolish you believe you are so and both is accepted by faith because you can have faith in something foolish if you're not wise, so speculation here has many, many theories, and currently we're at the theory of evolution, right, and um, many of these theories have actually been ditched, and, you know, you have to have a lot of faith to actually believe in um, the origin of the earth by speculation, because people tend to speculate this, and that, and that, and that, and that, and, you know, there's also the origin of the earth by revelation, and people do not want to go that way, Because people, you know, they don't have that much faith and conviction in um, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's up to us to actually pick what we want to have that faith and conviction in today, you know, as children of God. What do we have faith in? Is faith to us, do we believe it's like a leap in the dark or a good luck charm, a fetish? Or, you know, are we actually believing in, uh, do we have that? faith, that conviction of, you know, the substance of things hoped for, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, the evidence of things not seen, are we believing in even the things we haven't seen, so yeah, this is today's teaching, thank you all for listening in, God bless and have a pleasant day, bye-bye. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 3 all the way to verse 6 this particular chapter talks about faith what is faith and um, the chapter shows that they are witnesses that encourage us to live by faith and faith was um operative in uh, their lives and it rests upon the word of god so faith is not you know the same as good as a good luck charm you know faith is a belief it's substance and evidence of things that are unseen so here um, you know this particular chapter is also referred to as you know a catalog of heroes of faith that's what many call it Um, it's not just about a catalog of you know the different heroes it actually demonstrates you know the faith that these people actually had so begin reading from verse 3 of verse 11 Hebrews and it reads "Um, by faith we understand that the worlds or the ages, in other words, so that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So here, the word of God framed the ages, the worlds. And it is, you know, if you look at the word of God, the word of God is quick and powerful than any Two-edged sword, God's word has the power to actually transform lives. There's nothing in the world that has more power to transform someone's life. You know, you get to hear the word of God, and it just changes your life. It just transforms us. You can actually feel it. You can feel yourself changing, and that's what the word of God does. So God's word has the power to transform yours and my life. So it's either you know you actually believe the word of God. Or you go by speculation, and this is what most scientists live by: speculation. They speculate about, you know, how the earth, be- how the world began. It began by, you know, Big Bang theory. It began by um, evolution and things like that. So faith. So you know, it's either you actually believe the word of God, which is the revelation, how the universe began, or you actually live by speculation. So here, we have faith. Faith must be anchored in something so faith means you have a solid basis for the origin of the universe so you actually believe in the revelation in the Word of God of how the world began you know in the beginning there was a word and that word was God and that and, and, and that word became flesh so if you believe in that revelation that's what the faith that's what your faith will be anchored upon so it means you have a solid basis for the origin of the universe so one doesn't have to change theories if you look at the scientific theories of how the universe was created there's so many theories that come up you know this theory that theory, the other theory but you know the theory of revelation is constant it's never changed so God created the heavens and the earth so we are now so now here we come to individuals and um, you know three are given who lived before the flood and some lived like um during the period of the flood and after the flood and we have here the individuals that are mentioned are the first individual is Abel, and in him we have the way of faith so we're basing each individual based on their faith based on um you know the whole topic of this particular chapter which is faith and then we have enoch and in him we have the walk of faith and then we have noah and him and in him we have the witness of faith so these three lived before the flood some during the flood and they um and faith was in operation at that particular time so these they walked lived and saved and were saved by faith and you know with Ape Or god put down one sin for all so the fact that men will approach him one basis by faith and salvation will be by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so we we have our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and um, we have salvation which is a free gift from from our Lord Jesus Christ so faith is um, what we are approaching in this particular instance and um, and we are approaching it on the basis of faith and salvation which will be by faith in Jesus Christ so Abel actually believed in um had faith in the lord jesus christ and um salvation comes based on that particular faith the free gift comes on uh, faith so verse 4 of hebrews chapter 11 reads by faith abel offered to god a more excellent sacrifice than cain through which he obtained witness and he was righteous god testifying and he was righteous sorry God testifying of his gifts and through it he being dead still speaks okay so now here for us to actually understand uh, the story of Cain and Abel we go to the book of Genesis and we begin at Genesis 4 so this is the story of Cain and Abel and God had revealed that he had to bring a sacrifice a little lamb to sacrifice, so let me just turn to um, Genesis four, and I'll begin reading. And first one, it reads, "Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said I have acquired a man from the Lord.'" So here it says, "I have acquired a man." In the translations, it says, "I have acquired the man." So here, a man is. That's being referred to is, you know, um, the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, James referred to, you know, her son Cain. Refers to share the a man because God revealed to her that in her line a Messiah will be born, and um, there will be, you know, someone who's going to be against that seed, the seed of the woman, who's going to come in between that seed of the woman and her child so scripture goes on to read she bore again this time his brother Abel now Abel was the keeper of sheep but Cain was the tiller of the ground so here you have two brothers whether they're twins or not but they're similar and you know the, the first people so they do not have generations they don't have grandparents they don't have uncles and aunts and all they were like twins or brothers but they were very different one is a herd of sheep and one is a tiller of the land okay so um, so now here we have um, in verse 4 the story of Cain and Abel I just began to read it reading it and God actually revealed that he had to bring you know um, that Cain and Abel had to bring a sacrifice to him and that's a little lamb And this pointed, you know, to Christ. And um, how do we know that this actually pointed to Christ? And how do we know that this is um, what was required of them to bring to the Lord Jesus Christ? We have this in Hebrews four. Sorry, in Hebrews eleven, verse four, and it states this: um, that Abel brought a more excellent sacrifice as he came by faith. and you know, we ask ourselves the question again, what is faith? So, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, this man had a revelation from God, so did Cain as well. So, not only Abel had this revelation, Cain also had this revelation, but Cain actually ignored it, he ignored the instruction from God, and he brought what he wanted to bring. So he brought his works because he was a tiller of the land and he brought, you know, a sacrifice of fruit. Let me just read scripture. Go on to read. And um, in Genesis, he goes on to read. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. So he took, you know, his works. He brought his works to God. And, you know, we have a lot of people who actually do that. You know they believe they can present their works to the Lord Jesus Christ and that's actually going to save them and Cain brought what he worked for and Abel listened to instructions from the Lord and he brought a lamb and slayed it. so God had said to Eve you know in the beginning you know there would be one coming in her line and Cain and Abel knew this and God brought it out like there'd be one coming in her line that will be a savior. the lamb points and 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 this particular lamb that actually the Lord asked for the sacrifice it points to this particular Savior and you know at the very beginning God made you know a way open he made it clear from the very beginning he made a way open to himself and um, he made it clear that without shedding of blood there would be no remission of sins that we come to god on a one-on-one basis that we are sinners in the and the penalty of our sins must be um paid and um the penalty of our sins actually must be paid and this is the reason you know that this is the reason that um that little lamb was actually slain because it's actually pointed to Christ. So it can't take, the sacrifice of the lamb can't take away the sins, but it looks and points in faith to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the Lord made it clear, like in her line, in Eve's line, there will come the Savior. It points to Christ, who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. So Abel points to Christ, and he came by faith. he actually listened and heeded to uh, the instruction and you know his sacrifice points to Christ and he came by faith which is the way of salvation so now we come to verse 5 of the book of Hebrews and we have the second person who's mentioned here and who is Enoch so here it says by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not afraid because God had taken him for before he was taken, he had his, this testimony that he pleased God. So now here we have Enoch. So we see the walk of faith in Enoch. So when we come to God through Jesus Christ, the way, then we ought to walk and, you know, we ought to walk in faith. So we walk, you know, the walk of a believer becomes very important if we actually go to god jesus christ in faith and we believe so by faith enoch was um you know he he was um translated that he should not see death and he was not found because god had translated him before so, before the translation, he had the testimony that he pleased God by faith. So, you know, Enoch did not die, no one found his body. So, before you, but he, because he pleased God, and um, he's an example of walking in faith. Verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11 goes on to read, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Him, for who for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So now here in verse six, you know, it's not possible to actually please God. You know, Cain went with his works. It's not possible. There's been many um, you know, saints in the Bible who were actually chosen by God and and they didn't please God with their works. So it's not possible to please God because well, you know, Our righteousness is filthy rags. We are not perfect. So, um, you know, we can't take our works to God. You can't come to God through that way. Um, You have to have the faith and come to God through the way of faith. So without faith, it's impossible to actually please God. So God, we can only please God if we go to him by faith. So there is a reward for living the Christian life and that's what's being talked about in the scripture so salvation is free Uh, it's a free gift and it's not a reward so we work we as Christians we work for our reward salvation comes by faith so if we have faith and believe in Lord Jesus Christ this is what we have free salvation but um, as Christians we also tend to have a reward which also comes you know, um you we actually work for this particular word. So um you know the the walk of a Christian is by faith. We ought to walk by faith and believe and have that confession, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Enoch wa- <laughs> what am I saying? So Enoch walked with God um you know in his life and we actually have this in the book of Exodus, sorry, the book of Genesis chapter five at verse 1, so Enoch is mentioned for the first time here in the book of Exodus. and Let me just quickly turn there and read verse 1 of sorry, not Exodus, Genesis. I mean, so I'm me just quickly turn there and read Genesis 5, verse 1. It says, This is the book of the genealogy of Adam in the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God, he created him male and female, and blessed him, and called them mankind in the day they were created. And Adam lived one hundred and thirty five years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were eight hundred years and his sons and daughters. So all the days of Adam lived with all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty five years. Seth invited one of the five years and begot Enosh. After he begot Enosh, Seth lived um, 807 years and his sons and daughters. So all the sons of Seth were 912 years and he died. Enosh lived 90 years and begot uh, Canaan. After he begot Canaan, Enosh um, lived 850 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 955, and he died. So, here, see, we have um, the genealogy of Adam. It's a somber um, chapter in Genesis, but it shows us the genealogy of Enoch and um, him walking by faith. Like, there was nothing to refer to, like back or front or up or down. Like it was just him believing the Lord Jesus Christ and walking by faith, and not living by speculation and cancelling out revelation. So today, if we can only get up and just you know trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in both our sunny days and our dark days, that would be um, you know an awesome thing. So this is today's teaching. It's a great teaching for the beginning of the year. It teaches us more about faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you all for listening and God bless and have a pleasant day. Bye bye.